0: Listeners from around the world, are you ready? Do you love movies, music, animation and art, acting, gaming, and all things creative? Well, you've come to the right place. Introducing your host, award-winning writer, director, voiceover artist, and
1: owner of MLA Entertainment, Keiko.
0: Thank you josh and hello everyone i'm keiko thank you for joining me for another episode of keiko's diary your favorite podcast for all things entertaining and creative While I wear mini hats, I consider myself first and foremost a storyteller, which is why I started this podcast, to connect with other creative minds and share their stories with all of you while having a great time doing it. The guest joining us today is such a special friend of mine and a hustling machine, but first... Shameless Plugging! Hop on over to our YouTube channel, MLA Entertainment, and watch our animated web series, Project Infinity. It's got a voice cast from all over the world, a gripping action sci-fi story, and hours of love and hard work have been poured into it. I wouldn't suggest it if it wasn't worthy of your time, so go look at it right now. (laughs) You'll thank me later. Like, subscribe, and leave your questions and comments to show your support for this podcast and MLA. Now on with the show. He is an artist outside of New York whose love for comics and anything creative is off the charts. When it comes to the convention scene, he's your guy. He's the showrunner of Con, which I've had the honor of contributing to two years in a row. He is one third of the Nerds of the Round on YouTube, and he's here today. Everyone say hello to... sebastian bonet
1: hello how are you guys doing <laughs> hey
0: everyone yes so happy to have you on the show sebastian uh, well, you're thank you for good, having me yeah you're such a good friend of mine and you're just such a well-rounded person i can't wait for the viewers to become more familiar with who you are and what you do
1: so, no, you're you're awesome. Again, thank you again for reaching out to us. Um, it's been a beautiful relationship building. Um, love what you and everyone's been doing at MLA Entertainment with Project Infinity. Congratulations on you guys with the series. Me and the entire MBO family and the creative community appreciates what you guys have done um, for us at the convention.
0: Well, thank you so much. It's just, it's been so much fun. Say hello to the fans and tell them just a little bit more about what you do.
1: Hey guys, so I am Sebastian Bonet. I am one-thirds of the Nerds Around, Round, which is a podcast, geek culture podcast. We have done creative series interviews, uh, which have featured Keiko and various other creators. Um, we talk about geek culture stuff. Like right now, we're covering What If um, from Marvel, and we just have fun doing that. I am a comic book creator, which I debuted in 2016 with Dead Planet. Um, I have since then worked on small projects, which includes Rich Dresden's Zilla number 20 as a writer A.A. Um, a. Rubens who um, you probably saw on the show from comic book school and the anthology for his comic um, in comic book school the section Mr. Stupendous I've worked on Damn Heroes and I work closely with InBeyond Studios InBeyond um, where again it's a company before creatives by creatives and we. I have worked as a showrunner for them for three years I used to be the editor-in-chief for their online magazine and um, just a jack of trades that is sebastian bonet
0: that is a good way to put it you're a real life superhero i i tell you you will not meet a busier person than you <laughs> and you somehow you just make it look so easy which i'm sure it's stressful but you just make it look like a breeze
1: it's a lot of coffee and red bull that's that's all i gotta say
0: that's the secret <laughs> take notes everyone
1: <laughs> it's fun um but yeah i've i've, I've i i i do not know i've just been um I've been enamored a lot of, for many years with comics and everything and just the whole creative process with comics and then that fell into a love of animation and just with just creating stories so that's how I just that's that's really what drives me is I say telling stories to people and helping people tell their stories.
0: Well, I'm so happy that you decided to share your stories with the world. And so I would like to turn the clock back a little bit before we talk about your current projects and what's going on right now. I would like to ask you, what is your very first memory of life?
1: Oh, my very first memory of life... um... Yeah, that's a hard one because it's like, you know, my dad tells me that, oh, yeah, your first memory is just yelling out for me going, dadu, la chita, when he was like getting up for work, yelling yeah. for milk and all that. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember um, just really growing up in a trailer park in Georgia when my dad was in the military um, and would be home with my mother. Our dog, our dog, Budweiser. Yes, our dog was named Budweiser, but it's the smartest golden retriever you ever knew. <laughs> All um, golden
0: retriever, I love those.
1: Yeah, that, that was, that's that's really my first experience with kind of like just memories right there. It's just remembering the very little bit of time I can remember of um, in Georgia um, there. But um, yeah, it was Bronx-born. So <laughs> so yeah, we ended up enjoying it because, like I said my dad was in the military, so <laughs> yeah,
0: I didn't know that. That's really cool. That's, that's a pretty nice memory, I would say. Sounds like a warm memory to look back on, and the dog and everything. <laughs>
1: it is it feels like i guess that's why i like a lot of tv shows because it felt like a tv memory it's like and then growing up in the bronx like did i really have that memory or was i just watching a tv show it's like no that actually happened i was like oh okay yeah, i lived by the train tracks we heard the train drive by every once in a while hence my love for trains I like, they do have a secret love for trains um that's really and needed. and yeah it was in a trailer park and you know it was they weren't like trailers that you hitch and move they were like stationary trailers and you right. know he lived there off base so It was was interesting.
0: I know what you mean, how there's some memories very early in life. You're like, did that even really happen? (laughs) Like there's certain like, I remember memories of video games. I just have like an image in my head and then I would do the research and I would be able to find it. And I was like, I confirmed that that memory was real.
1: (laughs) I get, I know. It's like, yeah, did that game really exist? Uh, What was it? The E.T. game. I remember a lot of people was like that doesn't exist i was like yeah because the creator um pretty much purchased them all and tried to bury them all (laughs) is
0: that right
1: yeah i actually saw an actual copy out of the video game museum in italy called vigamas and they had one of the dug up copies on display of et the video game it was such a bad game that the developer purchased all the games and buried them somewhere in the middle of the desert
0: that is both terrible and fantastic. So, going on from that, what you can remember, you you ended up living in the Bronx and such. What were you like as a kid, and how did you end up where you are today?
1: Um, uh, I think I was a troublemaker as a kid. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, we spent Me and my folks, we spent the year in Staten Island, so um, that's not a proud badge I have, Staten Island. <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of crap for that one. Um, but lived in the Bronx most of my life, grew up in the Bronx, um, and I was one of those people who saw the Bronx kind of like change over the years where it was like when we moved there, it was like after like you know mm-hmm. buildings burnt down like because for years the bronx was known as the burnt down bronx um so mm-hmm. there were a lot of abandoned buildings near where we lived at dig we lived in a new development or something or it's just a building that was fine we lived across the street from the bronx zoo for many many years so um definitely um and the bronx zoo was one of my first jobs um so growing up i always had a love for drawing always used to love to draw love to create love to use my imagination um especially for a while when I was an only child for a while before my brother Sean was born. And um, I would create like worlds like with all the toys I had, like different worlds, different with like major cities and everything, do the sounds. And then, you know, when I wasn't doing that, I was drawing. Um, e, my art um really took a, was a turn when I went to high school I went to Monroe Academy of Visual Arts and Design and then I started falling in love with like comics and all that and my first comic was a what if comic and that's what really brought me into the world of comics starting to create my own characters and everything so that's really like where that love for creation really really like started to flourish even more um with that outlet and then you know I, I was a really Big Marvel head, a lot of people like, well, you know, I was like, I only had one character I liked in DC, which was Batman. Go figure. Batman I thought was the best DC character. Yeah. But I I liked a lot of Marvel characters because I felt there was in a lot of the characters more diversity and more um realistic stories that called out to me. Mm. Um and like personal demons and everything that these characters fought through because um growing up at the Bronx um in the late 80s, early 90s, you've seen stuff, you see people go through things and everything so um you know where it be through alcoholism drug use i mean you I, i unfortunately i was exposed to a lot of that at a young age yeah. i don't shy from because it it, it made me who i am or it's like i don't want to be that person let me you know it, it made me a better person because i saw bad examples out there exactly. and i've had a lot of great examples in my life that you know like all uh, my was it resource room teacher miss mercurio who would always come by every birthday and would bring me a book would bring me something creative um steve friedman who i want to give a shout out who ran a photography studio in um, new york and he would always like give me gifts on that had to do with creativity and helping with my um, creative mind and so it was a lot that i had a lot of mentors like that growing up um and again that's why i kind of stuck with the marvel characters because i saw that realism in there where these heroes they were fighting and they were on their journey and i was like i want to create stories like that i create stories about people on their journeys and get close to that realism um Went to college, NYIT. Unfortunately, uh, had dropped out due to financial reasons. But um, again, then I went into the world of sales mm. uh, for a very long time in my twenties. Um, I was, I was, uh, I was one of those guys that um, knocked on your door to sell you Primerica insurance. Oh Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I, as much as like people like you know, with everything with Primerica, I gotta say it helped me break out of a shot because I was very introvert. I, had a, I was very shy Didn't know how to speak with people That kind of broke that shell That kind of broke that And kind of allowed me to talk more to people
0: Yeah I can see how it kind of just throw you out there And you just have to sort of get used to it I can see that
1: Yeah it, it was tough I mean I tell people like you know If you're shy and all that You want to break out of that Learn how to take a no from a person Learn how to speak to them And get like 10 no's And um, you know it, it, it will humble you quickly But also too it will help you break that like do any sales job Where you have to talk to people It breaks that kind of like You know, I'm going to retreat myself being an introvert and all that yeah. and, it, it, and, it, and, it, and it gave me respect for a lot of people Who go into business for themselves too uh, right. Because it's that's not easy You have to talk, you have to network um, And, you know, so I, I I don't know, my paths have been very funny And it's just like I take lessons From every single path I have walked down on um, You know um, And I've learned to fail Pretty much. Um, And recently I learned fail means first attempt in learning. And I was like, oh, so a lot of these were just first attempts in learning. So I've been doing everything right for the first time.
0: Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You seem like a very well studied person just simply because you've done so much in your life and you can definitely see that you've taken it in whatever you were doing. You learned something from it. And I think that's the most valuable education out there is to really soak in whatever your environment is
1: yeah and i just i i for me it's always been because i i would have to say it's also to working on my mentals working on my outlet because the me today was very different when i was like 18 or 19 just looking out the world was and on because for me at that age the whole world re- um, revolved around when i was like 16 15 it revolved around the Bronx. that's so okay. all i knew and when i went to college the world revolved around new york and i mean I, I give credit to my wife too because um i mean with her help and everything too it helped me see the world revolve more than new york and it revolved around because even during my pre america days i was a little bit of the party animal yeah <laughs> those are my party days but um I didn't really think much about seeing the world or like, you know, growing as a person at that time until like, you know, I met my wife started just like traveling more and I was like, you know, I, there's more to this. And I was like, I need to be a student um, and not a master professional. So I decided to be a master student of things and working on constantly learning and bettering my mentals when it comes down to it. Um and i just i just wanted to be the best me because i'm like you know when we have kids I do. i want to transfer that like yeah i want to be the best me um not yeah. just you know f- f- well definitely for me but also too it's like what is that image that people see me as i just like and like look at myself like i i, just, I, I don't know I'm like me as little me I was like i don't know <laughs> but it was fun though i i would never change any of the lessons i've learned in the world and again i thank everyone for my journey of who I am today
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I would certainly say you're doing a wonderful job. Now, we're going to play uh, a fun game next. We're going to change course a little bit. This game is called The 60 Second 411. My favorite part of the show. We've got 60 seconds, and we're going to see if we can answer 15 questions before time runs out. So, do you think you're up for it?
1: Um, I'm up for it. Um, whenever you're ready, let's go. I've been, <laughs> I've been dying for this game. Let's go. Let's I got it. go for it. You got this. Okay, starting the timer In three,
0: two, and one. Favorite color? Red or black. Favorite movie? The Thing. Favorite song?
1: Corn Twisted Transistor.
0: Favorite TV show?
1: Currently The Circle.
0: Mm -hmm. Greatest Fear. Drowning? Hot or cold weather? Neither. Night Owl or Morning Bird? Night Owl. Favorite game?
1: James Bond N64.
0: Favorite food? Fried chicken. Favorite holiday? New Year's. Favorite subject in school? Art. Favorite place in the world? My home. All biggest pet peeve?
1: Squeezing toothpaste wrong.
0: <laughs> Favorite Spice Girl?
1: Scary Spice.
0: Oh, yeah. Indoors or outdoors? Bit or both. Oh, my goodness, Sebastian. I think you have the best score in the history of the podcast.
1: <laughs> there we go.
0: <laughs> Your time, you did that in 38 seconds. That is crazy.
1: Ooh. <laughs>
0: Great job. Wow, we just flew right through those, didn't we? <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, we did.
0: <laughs> Ooh that's intense you did such a good job and those were really good answers too
1: yeah but i I mean with pet peeve i was like i i always stick with the toothpaste because um that's the one pet peeve i have when people squeeze it wrong i'm like no you gotta squeeze it from the bottom to go up not from the top what are you doing the middle either like no
0: it's just wrong (laughs) isn't it (laughs)
1: yes
0: (laughs) that is so funny i always love hearing what people's pet peeves are
1: (laughs) It, it's it's fun. I mean, uh, and also too, it's it's always easy. Like everybody's like hot or cold. I'm like neither. I'm like I like the fall and the spring because it's like right there in the nice middle.
0: Right, happy medium. I see. <laughs> yes, I agree with that one. Well, thank you for playing that with me, Sebastian. That was a lot of fun. Oh,
1: thank you. That was fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we've got another game coming up later. You can look forward to Truth or Dare. Oh, mm-hmm. Yes, it's gonna be fun. So. But yeah, um, you and the CEO of InBeyond, Eric Hutchison, you have a wonderful relationship. And so could you tell us more about how you guys first met and became this power team?
1: Um, I met Eric when it was just him, his wife, and their son, Ethan. I don't know if Ava was born at the time yet, but um, it was at Big Apple Comic Con. It was just him at the table selling um, uh, the comics and InBeyond Studio was this was before like a lot of like they believe their first con or whatever when um, it came down to it um, he was just really like starting this up um, I know he had started it with um, good buddy Chris Cole who's awesome dude too um, we are working on some great projects together right now um, oh, cool. when those come out it's going to be it's going to take over the world oh, <laughs> that's yeah. what I like to say but um yeah I met him there like it was funny because um I had just taken a business course and said network with people i didn't see him at the table because he was behind a bunch of books like really like um or i think like i'm trying to remember specifically that day but i know it was his wife i first approached because i thought she was the creator behind all the stuff right. i was like hey yeah oh, this stuff is open on and she goes oh you, you gotta talk to my husband yeah he was ha- he was behind the table um behind a book rack i didn't see him and then he popped up and then we had a long conversation um he gave me his business card it was like cool um and then i saw him again that year at um there used to be a show called special edition new york city that used to be on ran by the same guys that did new york city comic-con repop and he was there again and i was happy to see him and again we had a conversation it was a really long conversation at the show um, he told me he had a convention out in Long Island. I was like, cool. Um, I ended up registering for his show that year. Um, and that was when I decided to debut my comic, which was Dead Planet. And I remember getting there the night before. He was setting up there, with and that's the first time I met Law and one other member of the team oh, um, right. at the time. And... Um Law was helping him set up. We met briefly. He introduced us and then Eric pulled um, said, you know, go ahead, rest up in the room, here's your badges, here's your table right here. So me and my wife set up, went up this room, came down the next day, pulls us, pulls me to the side, he's like, Listen, focus on, you know, who you meet at the show today. Don't think about the money you're gonna make. Just 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 do me a favor, just focus on, you know, make connections. Right. It's like cool, yeah. And you know, in my mind I was like, That's stuff I was learning in class, network um that's where i met george medina um george medina who i from catch the craze um shout out to george and sam um i met george at that show and george was actually the first person to buy my comic Uh um and we've had a great relationship ever since then and all that um and you know george has been on the show many times invade the show whenever he wants i'm like yeah come through dude and it was uh, after the show Eric pulled me to the side and said you know you want to see Gage how I was doing and I respected that and it was from there that we kept building a relationship as friends and everything I would go out To some of the shows that he did, he did like a show called Comic Bar Con, which used to be a show they ran in Long Island, which was at uh, a bar. Literally, was in a bar that had a stage where they had live music, artists, um, table set up. So it was like a more chill comic scene. Yeah. Um, and then he saw that I did a lot of posts. He's like, "Hey, you do a lot of posts on pop culture and all that." He's like, "Would you be interested in writing articles for, and Beyond Mag?" I was like sure why not i'm doing nothing i'm sitting at work all day might as well let's do it and um he gave me a chance to you know kind of push out my writing chops with that and kind of gave me like you know that whole thing to go i mean and just building relationship with eric law and everybody in the beyond team that's really where the relationship started and eric is one of those guys that you know if you see that you're good at something he'll give you the reins on that test you out to see how you like it and everything um and it, it, it's kind of like a test if you like it you know run with it if you don't uh, you know he gave it the test all no blood loss. lost let's find something else that you like right. and that's what it really was as i really said you know um since then it's it's like I, I value the, the leadership and the friendship that I've me and my wife have been able to build with his family and with everyone that's been on this journey with at Embyon at because it's literally it's one big family. It that's is. literally what we we are.
0: Yeah well, that's just wonderful and that's the dream when you can you know become friends but also do great things and do a great business together. That's just the ultimate. So I'm glad you yeah. two have been able to do both.
1: Yeah, i mean i'm always excited like not just for everyone everybody is like succeeding in what they're doing i i get excited because it's like yeah we started from the bottom that we hit like that kind of thing yeah. but it's like you know um i do know we, we we've gone through a lot together like even with the um pandemic started um you know there were a lot of, there was a lot of like questions like you know what are we gonna do there's no cost there's no this and it was just running off of ideas with each other and all that um, and even when I became the showrunner, it was just funny because he had just left New York, and um, so he needed someone to help with running the show up here. He was like, "Listen, like you know, Laws ran the show. He's gonna be—he's not the showrunner this year. It's like I'm looking for showrunner." He's like, "Would you be interested? Since you're doing a lot of cons and everything?" I said, "Sure." I mean, you know, and I—it gave me a lot of respect for showrunners because it was the—it was the last time that the convention was in person right and so we had a lot of ideas for an in-person show and then the following year went virtual and i was like oh we gotta change up this game now and then we it's like as you've already seen its show's been virtual two years in a row now which has been pretty awesome
0: (laughs) and it was bigger than ever just this year it was so successful
1: yeah, we, we doubled our attendance. We, we showed that a virtual show can actually make money, even though it's like, people are like, yeah, it's not a profit to brag about, but it's like, no, if the model can make money, it can make money, we can actually sell this model. But at the end of the day, the message that we wanted was that it's also a show where people can come and connect, where people can come and learn. And that's what we wanted at the core, was that it was a core show where the community can come together um i say the money thing because it's like we show that it can make money not because it's only because we're looking to make money it's because like listen if this works we can transition this to all the other creators who we've worked with to help them fund their projects because we're always talking about like what holds a lot of creators back um is the fact that there's just no capital there to help them with their projects that's why you have a lot of people that turn to kickstarter and all that so that's what we saw with the show this year too we're like well we Doubled everything from what we did last year To this year it ran smoother There are a lot of elements so it's like How can we improve on those elements to not only you know better the show but to help Everyone who's also participating at the show And everyone's um, Also experience at the show And we went international this year which I thought was phenomenal because we had People from uh, Attending um, virtually who are From Australia from United Kingdom we had a International cosplay submission from Japan which I was like we couldn't do that at our Long Island show and it's not to say that you know we don't miss like our crowd in Long Island it's just like yeah we we want to grow this thing bigger to be a show for creators by creators um and we want to be the only and first in Beyond con. We don't want to be like New York City Comic Con because they do it great. We don't want to be San Diego. They do it great. We want to be like, you know, our show where people talk about it. They could come to it. They could try new ideas. They could try new creative ideas. And that's what we set out to do with the show where, again, the tagline reads, for creators by creators, because it's always going to be a creative show for fans to connect with creators.
0: That's really what sets it apart. I agree for sure. And something I've always admired about the work you do, whether it's with Ambion or Nerds of the Round, uh, which we're about to talk about, is how you truly love bringing people together from different fields. And I just I really love that. It's all about connecting and seeing how we can help each other grow. So what do you personally enjoy most about what you do?
1: It, it, it is the connection it's it's because i guess like my brain works in this way where it's like all oh, of these people knew each other cuz like when i was going to conventions i saw a disconnect between people and i'm like you know we're one big creative community we shouldn't be disconnected mm-hmm. like we're all rights masters of our skill and um if we all got together we're going to create beautiful stuff like if you look at it uh uh, if you look at the sense of a movie a movie you have your voice actors in a movie you have your artists in a movie you have your your cg guys you have your sound guys you have various different peoples you have your writers and i'm like that's what we all are we we're all essentially writing and putting together independent content that's like a movie and it's like i'm like yeah these people get together i'm like i'm pretty sure they'll create some pretty 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 great phenomenal um stuff and all that but also too it's like you know it's just connecting on a genuine level where it's like getting excited when people are um succeeding in what they're doing i was actually um really 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 happy with um when Kaxa Craze reached out to Lucy and they did a crossover episode. I was like, "Oh, that's dope! Yeah. I'm excited that you're you're gonna be on." Um, um, I'm not sure if the interview happened yet, but you're gonna be on. Um, GS for Geek, and I was like, "Dude, that's just awesome!" I um, mean, and and it's like you know, um, I always see it as this: like, we all know people that other people don't know. It's like you know, that's a way for us to connect and get to know each other, and p- for people who are followers to know this other creator from um, a different network. And it's like. It, 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 and I always want to be that person where it's like you know I know how great this person is I want a lot of other followers to see that that this person is great with their craft and I've always that's always what I try to stick out with it's, uh, is that because you know I I, I I'd say it like I'm a fan of everyone who I've became um, great and close with and who's been a guest on the show who's been a guest at the con and always generally excited when they are succeeding in what they're doing yeah
0: and oh my goodness that's such a beautiful way to look at it and it's true like if you just even look at a movie or an orchestra or anything it's all a bunch of artists coming together for one thing and it's their art is different but it's their artists at the end of the day and Oh, that's really special so, yeah. yeah it's
1: like it's like i said it's like the cosplay uh the cosplayer that's the yeah. the person that designed the costumes it's like you have all these different um creatives it's like yeah we all come together we're going to create something like and and that's one of the principles too i learned from creative aftercon is like you never know who you're gonna meet to help make your next project and i it's like i've worked with a bunch of great people on helping with their projects um with you know and, and it, again it gets me excited when a lot of people are like oh this project is dope and all that this person great i'm like dude you did that you're awesome go out there keep doing it keep being awesome like again yeah. I, like like when we did the um was at the table read it was more about because you know I wanted to s- like it was fun getting to see that yeah. you guys do the table read and all that And it- but it was like you know just to bring attention to like yo this is a dope series by these voice actors that put it together that was created by Keiko um, and uh, assembling the cast and all like yeah we got to read the first episode you guys now need to go over to the channel and watch all the full episodes do it do it now while <laughs> you still watching this episode <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> could you tell us more about the content you produce, at nerds of the round i'm such a big fan i love you guys so please share with the viewers what you're all about
1: um with sharing the content i have to share the history as well um because nerds of the round did start with it was me as the first nerd um And Lawrence was actually the first guest Um On the show
0: Oh really And
1: Yeah it was Lawrence and Mayhem Mike Um I don't believe I knew Tony just yet at the time Or I did and Um Yeah I did know Tony at the time Um and we filmed in my friend Steven's basement we call it the dark episode Um, it's lost now you can never find it Um, and it's not because we deleted it it's just because the file got corrupted it was just such a bad filmed episode such badly edited Um, we were all still learning about this stuff yeah (laughs) and um, I give a shout because it started on a channel called Geeks Unlimited Um, and it was four episodes on Geeks Unlimited and then I decided that I wanted to split it as its own channel because I felt there was a difference in creative vision with the show Mm. Um, so it was just me on the couch just chit chatting with my friends there was a rotating cast Tony and Law were part of the rotating cast and then um, I had approached Tony with doing um, being a co-host on the show um, when we went to a Pancakes and Booze Um, Pancakes and Booze for those that don't know it's an art show in a bar again theme here but um they get free pancakes and it's literally an art show like people have their paintings up and all that it's it, it's a pretty dope show if you ever get to go to and again they have free pancakes
0: i think i would do um, just about anything for free pancakes
1: yes um it was and it was awesome um and we had a talk to mcdonald's about him coming on and he was like dude i'm there you know and so tony that's how tony jumped on oh and then, when we did our first creator series, we bumped up Lol to co host because he was like constantly um, a guest. He was always there as a guest. Um, and it was like, you know, he was kind of like that special guest love- slot. And we're like, you know, dude, let's just bump you up to co host. Yeah. And that's when really the nerds of the round was really born. Um, we were doing audio work where we were doing creative interviews, interviewing um, indie creators. We were reviewing um, pop culture, which is what we do. I mean, we did our Game of Thrones. Um, a lot of those aren't audio. Um, and that was pretty hilarious because of uh, that final season. woof! Um, oh, yeah. And so we just like, you know, we just started to talk about our favorite subjects, which was, you know, pop culture and i mean we just retired the creative series so we're finding a different way to implement it in our live shows now um kind of giving new creators like an extra like uh, the first 20 or 30 minutes on the live to talk about what they're doing because it was it was a lot of work with the creative series it, 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 there's a lot of production work going in, and um the fourth nerd that doesn't that people don't see is my wife jesse because she's the editor on the show
0: oh really so there's a fourth nerd
1: yeah who no one sees in the front she's in the background doing um the editing for all the shows um so we retired to create a series to um because she sort of started doing more editing for other stuff and all that um and you know it was really i mean i'll be honest it was really tough um to keep up with the pace with the creative series but we wanted to showcase people so we had to figure out a happy medium right because like and, and that's just my advice to people if you are starting to feel burnout, don't 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 um ever feel bad with taking a break just you know do it take a break charge that energy because if you burn yourself out it starts to become unfun um but we advice. wanted yeah it's it's the best advice i could pass i i worked on guys hard they you know it's it's i'm sorry guys no (laughs) but they we all bring our a game and we put it together and we wanted to give people a platform to showcase this stuff, but we also wanted to give a platform for people to come on and be able to talk nerdy, talk about all their favorite like you know subjects. Like if we have a topic and everything, I would have to say our toughest topic we tackled was um, nerds and racism, which is was it was a tough topic, and I'm glad we did it. We broke it out into a two parter, um, and the creators that participated in that, I thanked them. It was it was a tough subject, but it's like it's something we felt we needed to do. Um, especially at the time and then you know we, we went right back into all the light heart stuff because we don't touch heavy topics that was like that one time right but we touch up on a lot of like you know like hey we're talking about what if right now we've talked about um the black widow movie we talked about we we talked about dc stuff we have running jokes and stuff so it's just it's just really us coming together and having fun and having fun with our guests and just connecting and just having fun like a lot of people have come on the podcast like i expected the podcast to be different i had a lot of fun and all that i was like yeah we we don't want to be like we get together every monday for production meetings just to come up with like notes like for topics to tackle but a lot of the times like you ask us how did we go over those notes? notes these are just if it's like there's dead air we have something to touch up on a lot of the um content that's on the show it's just natural like it's like if we were to buy a water cooler at a workplace and just talking and that's literally like what we try to favor the show to be we'll have talking points in case if we do get off the rails and we need to bring it back because it has happened before (laughs) um and it's also, too, it helps out when you when you are dealing with guests who are introverted, too. Um, and what we do sometimes, we'll meet with them like in a pre show to make them feel a little bit more comfortable that, listen, dude, this is a judgment free zone. We're all here, we're all nerdy, we're all talking about our favorite topics. Let's go. Why don't
0: we switch gears again and play? Truth or dare? <laughs> so, She's do there. you dare to play, Ooh. Sebastian? I will play.
1: I will play your game.
0: <laughs> All right, let's go for it. Truth or Dare?
1: Um, let's go with uh, Truth.
0: All right. Is there something surprising about you that people may not know?
1: Mm, I don't have a lot of love for spiders. I have a little bit of a fear of spiders, a little bit of a fascination, but also a little bit of a fear.
0: Oh, is that right? I I feel yeah Yeah, they freak me out. <laughs> like that, this the whole Aragog thing in the second Harry Potter film. Like, no, thank you.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a fake spider. Fascinated me the design and everything, but yeah. then I'm like, yeah, that kind of freaks me out because if something was that, and like, no, 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 no.
0: Yeah, when you like, start picturing uh, it in real life, that's when it really becomes disturbing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but yeah, I, I I know someone in our D and D campaign who, because um, uh, again, people don't know, I'm part of a D and D podcast too, um, that has a fear of spiders. And um, because I have a little bit of a fear, but a little bit of fascination, I'm that jerk. I sent them the uh, the game like pictures of just spiders to him. He's like, stop it, stop it. I'm like, That's just a little bit of a jokester with him. I love him though. Love you, Joe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Truth or dare?
1: Um. We'll go with a dare. Let's spice it up with a dare.
0: All right. You've probably heard of this one, the classic. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. Can you say that three times fast?
1: Peter Piper picked a pickle, but I can't even say it one time fast. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Piper. I was bad at those. I was like, I always used to tell people well, how many nuts can I with a woodchuck chuck when a woodchuck chuck chuck's wood. And I used to just say that, but yeah, Peter Piper, people, it, you see, look, I just, uh, Peter, but that, Peter, picked that, Peter, that Peter, woodchuck Peter.
0: one, you just threw that one out there. That was good. <laughs>
1: yeah that that started with uh an old high school friend um nilo who used to we when he used to we used to attend the same high school um and he used to say it all the time i was like i'm determined to say that i am going to say it but peter piper picked up yeah i can't say that at all it's it's too many p's for me too many i failed that there
0: (laughs) oh no you did really good thank you for attempting (laughs) truth or dare
1: uh let's go with truth this time
0: what is the most embarrassing thing you've ever done
1: (laughs) i'll go with public speaking i had to give a nice public speech um in front of a crowd of uh pro americans and um because i was so sweaty um you can i'm love i'm happy i had a white shirt under But, like, you could see, because I was so nervous, I was just, and and then the lights were just beaming down, so you're just, like, so hot. Oh, yeah. So, it's, like, my shirt started soaking. I was, like, oh, man, this is, this is not good. (laughs) Well, that was embarrassing in front of our group of people.
0: Well, I'm glad you came prepared with the white shirt. And public speaking, you're so good at speaking, so isn't that interesting when you look back?
1: (laughs) At that time, I, I wasn't a... You, you asked this all to me I'm like that's how I spoke to people they're like that's it speak up I'm like, uh, is it, uh, it, it, like speak up
0: like I, I hear you I'm speaking as loud as I can <laughs> well thank you oh, for sharing man. that and that's just amazing it shows you never know where you'll be and several years from now you may be a pro at something like that so oh yeah mm-hmm. alright truth or dare
1: we'll go with truth with this one
0: what is the last song you listened to
1: Oh, the last song I listened to—that's easy. Um, let me just turn on my phone. "Electric" by uh, Miss Amani and the DNC.
0: Oh, cool! That's so good. You had it right there. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: I—I I, I have a. Um, how long is my playlist on Spotify? Hold on, I'll tell you right now. I have a nine-hour and fifty-seven-minute playlist.
0: Whoa! Now that is a playlist.
1: That's mm-hmm. my like Zen playlist. Whenever I'm just drawing, I zone out and those it just let it play.
0: Yeah, I bet it's a really good playlist. You'll have to share that sometime.
1: <laughs> What's well, a long playlist? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just mix and match of stuff.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for playing that with me, Sebastian. You did, you did very good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Did it
1: again, guys. You, you did it.
0: You did it. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo. Uh, something I would love to shine some light on is the fact that you are a very talented artist. And so, even like when I went on uh, your show, uh, you drew that little caricature of myself, <laughs> and even Gun Lambton from Project Infinity. And you just do such a good job. So, could you tell us more okay. about your work as an artist, including your comic, Dead
1: Planet? Well, I, I, I don't think I'm a great artist. I, I mean, that's just me being a heavy critic on myself. Um, I mean, I lend my style mostly to like. It's, it's definitely has a an heavy anime influence. This is Dead Planet, um, some inside of the pages and everything. Um, this was my artwork in 2016. Obviously it's different now because, but then I, I have a tablet now versus my bamboo, which I was learning digital drawing when I did this. So, um, but um, yeah, my art style really lends to, for my love of anime and then comics, I kind of mix the two mediums up at times. Um, where I loved like the like I grew up with 90s comics, which I used to love the whole like overdone and ridiculous looking characters. Yeah, like they had like the big huge guns. I was doing that for a while, but then it's like I just fell in love with anime, um, and it wasn't like. It was like the early anime, like Armitage the Dirt, Ghost in the Shell, and Akira and Blood and all that. And then like, you know, just like even now, like seeing how it's grown um, and it's become pop culture now, it's no longer looking for your favorite anime on a VHS um, or barring it from a friend who burned it from another friend. Um, It's like, you know, you can consume this now. So it's like my style has really fallen into that anime's category. But again, I try to give my own spin on it where I'm not just like it's influence but also trying to give my spin of how I do my work and all that um, I'm always learning and being a master student not a master professional in terms as an artist because I I've always generally want to try to push my art and learn more and try to like and grow in terms of what i'm doing so like even like right now like as an artist i'm learning ux design a how excuse experience i'm learning um i've went to full sale for computer animation even though i don't use it sorry guys but um i i i'm more in love with the in love with the 2d animation styles and cell animation and i know cell animation lends a lot with 3d but it's just i i i wasn't like i even though i like the toy story animation i didn't like To work in Maya, (laughs) I realize it's it's a little bit it's it's it's, I give respect to all those um, creators who work in Maya because it's it's tough Maya and ZBrush. You hear me? This was quick. This was when I used to do conventions. I drew Thor, Luigi as Thor. This was quick at a con. This was just me traditional work when I'm not doing artwork in um, digital form. And this was a commission for someone at the time this was more in line with the digital work this was century Wait, um did you do the a- coloring yeah i did the coloring everything because i i did all the work i did it all through um what it? photoshop illustrator and um i mostly use clip because i like how it feels like it's a- like i'm sketching more so mm. such but, um, good work I- yeah I, got, I i i try to learn more with the digital inking because i want to get it more crisp more lines clean but it's like also too um for me it's hard with digital only because i also in my brain i want to still get that messiness of a uh, traditional art where you still have that looking like feel and all that where it's like hey it's a little jagged like i like this so I, I i don't want i want it to be like you know finished but not perfect and but At the same time i want the art to tell a a story um and all that so like readers can go have fun and be transported to a different world when they're looking at the art style and playful sometimes i want the art style to be playful yeah
0: i love how you are sort of meeting these different styles into one that's a really good idea
1: it's like i see a lot of like when i worked in ari's book um for um a comic book school mr sapendis um It was fun because the three pages literally had to be in different styles and I had to do this flash page and had to draw in different styles. You could tell it's my style but at the same time, I was trying to take my style to emulate another artist's style. Like we did the Rob Leffield 90s image style. Yeah. Which was fun to do. And like a lot of people make the joke that Rob draws a lot of patches. So I drew a lot of patches in the characters. They were like, yeah, in the nineties he drew a lot of he didn't draw anybody's feet, he didn't do this. So I was picking up on a lot doing a lot of stuff just as nods, as all the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because like Rob Leffield was on, was one of my favorite artists. Um, still is. I, I, I um because I love the the out there characters he drew like with young blood and all that. And then um there was one style that had to be dystopian anime and i drew inspiration from um the 80s fist of the north star like the earlier version of it um and oh, just wow. like yeah i wanted to so i was just really trying to emulate that in the book um and then just had different eras that comic book eras that i had to put the character in yeah so it was kind of fun with trying to not be limited to one style but like try to take my style and mimic all these other eras and all that I was like oh this is fun like the caveman scene yeah. I was looking at um, 80s caveman art um, <laughs> that they did for comics so I was like oh it has like this etching style to it and all that like the heavy inks with right. like not like nor but like it's just just the ways they did it, it look like scratch and all that I was like I gotta I, I wanna try this so it was, uh, that was fun
0: you really learn a lot when you study other people's art styles so mm-hmm now, what are your current goals, and where do you see yourself, say, ten years from now?
1: Um, in my big house. I see myself in my big house ten years from now my own office. Oh, yeah. And a grill in the back bath.
0: Made of gold. <laughs> I
1: see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As well, well um so what i'm working on right now um we're working i'm working on original ip with um beyond studios um i'm still hoping to work on the dead planet remake with alex it's just schedules have been you know just trying to figure out a schedule um but i'm working on original ip with InBeyond studios um we've been trying to talk about getting this ip's launched for a while now um i've gotten through this is the fourth introduction for this ip that i'm working on oh. um so it's been through the ringer with different iterations and everything like that um and it's now landed into i'm not want to share i'm, I'm not going to share too much because it's going to be a nice big um surprise for um beyond fans of the um, comic book series of that we were putting out there um, ten years from now, I'm hoping to have a few stories produced, um, a few scripts, uh, produced where something can be turned into a live action or an anime. Yeah, because how yeah, it like I like working with Eric. I learned that you know, like as much of this as it's, it's like, I love the comic book field, but. Um the goal is to also to build um a business that could help sustain me and my wife's lifestyles in terms of wanting to continue to create stuff, um create um stuff for people to binge on, to watch, to enjoy. Like I love stories that help transport me to other worlds, like just feed that imagination, whether they borderline on pure fiction or they have a little bit of realism to it to make it like, oh, it's gonna hit home, like for example um Squid Game like that's doing for people right now that that's you know it, it it it's a great story but it does pull from realism in there with you know stuff that's going on today and I'm like I like that's this is why it's number 1 yeah. in Netflix right mm-hmm. now I really want to create stories where it's like, you know, that either you get a fun story that just generates you to another world or a story that just really makes you question or learn from other cultures and learn from that. Um, I want to create stories more with, um, more diverse characters out there, which is something that, um, you know, in the beginning I didn't think of. And, um, when I started this journey of commerce, I was like, yeah, I want it. And it's the business school and everything. Um, I told them, like, you know what, I want to be different. I want to create stories with characters that, you know, that are just more diverse backgrounds, shows more community. Because I grew up with a very diverse community. I grew up Spanish, Puerto Rican. It's my nationality, that's um, my culture. And going, like, with the people who I met, people who I know, I know people from various different backgrounds. And growing up in New York, that's what I saw. I didn't see, like, it was, like, black and white. I saw it was, like, just multiple cultures of people and i wanted my stories to kind of showcase that melting pot yeah and so that's that's what i want to in 10 years i hope i've delivered great stories that people love and um even if it just touches one person um that they love and like yo i want to keep coming back for more i love this world that you created and you know and, and lay a pathway for um future creators um, open worlds and open sandboxes, where they could come and and play with those concepts as well.
0: Well, that really matters, and I think you're well on your way, Sebastian. So I can't wait to see it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait till it's done.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh, it's the hard yeah. part about being an artist. You just—it's it, a lot of waiting.
1: <laughs> it is, and I mean, what's great? What's great is that ever since the con um we've started a lot of new stuff to help motivate each other help each other out with projects and everything because in this creative life it can really be um you know lonely when you're doing it by yourself so we actually been holding um accountability meetings every thursday with meeting up going over some of the scripts giving feedback and everything and it's been great feedback where it's allowed for this fourth iteration of this script to be worked on and because like if i told you about the first iteration of this script if i the first story it'd be like wait what what are we reading what what is this i don't know like dead planet like i released it it is not a great book i will tell you that but i'm like i'm happy because i finished it now it's like i wrote down the re revamping for it and then i showed alex he's like yeah we need to work on this dude i'm like yeah we do because because i it it helps to have that extra perspective because when you're the only one writing story you're seeing what you want to see and obviously yes i'm creating a story i want to see but then it's like you have to take a step back and be like but others are going to see this too so let me get other other feedback and um and i'm thankful because We all go into this field of constructive criticism where it's like, you know, don't take, we we, we don't take, we're not taking it, I don't take anything personally, it comes down to it because generally I'm getting the feedback from people and that's how you have to take it. Never take that personal from anybody. That's the best advice I could give when they're giving you general feedback to help you make your stuff better so it's like i sat there and i thank everyone who's given me the feedback that i've gotten on the, the current ip and also too if talking about Alex when it comes to the remake for dead Planet, so
0: yeah it just helps you be more objective when you get that outside opinion for sure and yep. so yeah <laughs> could you tell the fans uh, what they can look forward to from you and where they can best keep up with you
1: yeah, I mean, the Fans Go Forward um, is continuing for us to build a community through Nerds, through and beyond, um, and through various other networks. Um, that's what we're going to continue to do. That's what I'm going to continue to do as well. Because, um, you know, we, we, we want to see communities like the MLA com- MLA Entertainment community grow bigger. We want to see the comic book school community grow bigger. Um, we want to just connect people. Um, you can find me every Tuesday on the Nerds at Around on youtube or you can listen to us on spotify or any podcast app right now we're on eight platforms i believe like apple play um because we upload the episodes um that week um at in Beyond, which is dot ncom or in Beyond con um which again um we're already plotting for next year um for the show um with expanding different categories and everything um and sorry i got an itch on my nose uh, um, and also too you can find me every saturday on the medusa's cascade podcast if you love dnd i do play a character in that podcast it is a direct and beyond podcast where um we got together uh, in february 2020 and started recording this um it's been a great experience it's been a great team building exercise um and it's been a great way to voice characters um you know and it's been a great tool for character building um yeah which has helped like get into like characters heads and all that like in a headspace um so yeah that's where people can find me as well
0: so exciting everyone go check it out right now you will not regret it it's so such good content so much to enjoy And so that wraps up another episode of Keiko's Diary. I want to say thank you to our listeners for their love and support, as well as Sebastian for joining us. So glad we were able to have you on.
1: I am Sebastian Bonet, and for LMA Entertainment, check out our original web series, Project Infinity. And as always, keep being creative.
0: Thank you, Sebastian. You heard it here. Thank you for listening to Keiko's Diary. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. We would love to hear from you. Write questions and comments to show your support and share this podcast with your friends. We'll be back with another exciting episode before you know it. In the meantime, keep being creative.